podcast produced by The Daily Dot. If there's one thing this show is known for, it's bulletproof legal advice. And I'm being told by our lawyer not to say that. And now here are your barely legal hosts, Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Where every week we explore something from the internet. That's right. We meet the people behind the posts. You've all been down those wormholes and we go deeper for you. Yeah, we get in there. Every time I say that, I regret it. I know, me too. The word wormhole. Uh, So, who are we? We are performers who have a live comedy show uh, where we use the internet as our script. So we'll take anything you can find online, we'll look at it, think about who could say this, and then we'll put it on stage in front of a live audience with costumes and lights and sound. It's super fun. So we turn basically posts from the internet into sketch comedy. Yeah. And from doing that, we've seen way too many things on the internet and decided to make a podcast where we contact the writers and interview them. Yeah. And today's episode... I guess I say this for every episode, is a little different. (laughs) So we're talking to somebody who was actually recommended to us by another guest because he found it to be so interesting. It's called Lawyer Slack. Now, I know y'all just uh, went comatose immediately when we said lawyer (laughs) and slack. However... It is interesting. I'm sure you all know what Slack is. It's a private messaging system. A lot of workplaces have it. This one in particular is for lawyers across the United States and beyond. But we're going to talk to our guest about that today and see how far the reach is, where they can talk about issues that they feel like maybe in public at a Starbucks, for example, they can't really talk about with each other. So we're going to hear about what those issues are. Yeah. And and before you click out, what I'm hoping will be so interesting for everyone is that the Internet and technology, all of this, there's so much uncharted territory where the legal issues haven't even really been sorted out yet. Mm -hmm. So I imagine slash hope that's going to be a big part of the conversation because our world is so fucking brand shiny new in this weird ass way. Yeah, I mean, we'll just give you I had to throw in 18 curse words while talking about lawyers. (laughs) Just had to. (laughs) Well, we'll throw in a little teaser that the way we were directed to this person was because he apparently knows about the issue of Nazi furries. So furries who were coming to furry conventions, uh, also identified as Nazis, taking up space. And were they allowed to be there? You know, what were their rights at these conventions? I feel like that was such a bomb we just dropped that I'm going to go even further. So, okay, if you haven't listened to episode one, please go listen. We interview a delightful furry. His name is Dominic. He is the creator of a documentary called Fursonas. Furries are people who like to dress up in mascot suits. It's a big community that has really found itself and thrived because of the internet. It's an online community, but there's a lot of offline conventions. And for some fucking goddamn reason... Now the swear words are good. (laughs) Now they are fucking appropriate. Appropriate. And then there's goddamn fucking fur Nazis, which when we first heard about fur Nazis, I was like, the internet has out-interneted itself. This is the peak pinnacle of all fucked up, crazy-ass weirdness. Fur Nazis. So imagine a guy dressed as a god damn mascot he's dressed as some fucking leopard i don't know and then yeah. on his arm he is wearing an armband with a goddamn swastika it makes it. no sense and it yeah. blows my mind so as you might imagine the furry community is like oh this is no good we want to really divorce ourselves from these fur nazis mm-hmm. <laughs> and so 
yeah, there's a lawyer some, came in to deal with it, and issues. now he's huge in the furry com- community. Yeah, the furries love him now, as they should. It, he's the furry lawyer. He's not our guest today, but our guest knows him, and we will absolutely talk about that. But there's a website called, I think it's called The Furred Reich, F U R R E D, The Furred Reich. That's where I first heard about fur Nazis, and I was like, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. And then I was sort of thinking, like, could we perform this on stage? Because it's so insane, but it was like so dark and so twisted. Oh, I don't even know what to say. I'm so disturbed. Uh, anyway, yeah. so <laughs> I was worried you would click out because lawyer sounded boring and now I've horrified everyone. But, know, but this is a show about the internet and in the yeah, age of the like, internet, obviously there are a lot of like not super clear issues that are coming up that we would love to talk to our guests today about. I mean, just even looking at our show, Blogalogs, yes. when we first started it, we were like, can we just perform stuff from the internet? Who owns this content? And we were told by lawyers it's like a gray area. It's the wild, wild west. But right. then, it, but what the we do is parody. Is right. so clearly parody. Which I mean, we'll we'll take a you know Reddit thread and turn it into a musical number, or we turned one into a confessional, and the yeah. So it's very much parody and classifies as fair use. I'm going to be interested to hear if he's dealt with uh, harassment online, mm-hmm. um, because we've dealt with that a little bit on Twitter, and I know in on Twitter in particular, yeah, it is a big speech deal. Versus harassment. And at what point? What what can you do? What legal rights do you have on those outlets to press charges against somebody, or you know, kind of be safe? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So I just think between internet, new media, and technology, there it must be an interesting time to be a lawyer, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, guys, I'm your producer, Matt. Ugh. Thanks for introducing me. I'm, I'm also here. He always you... introduces himself by his, his title. Yeah. Producer and, uh, Matt. Yeah. You can, also, you can you... follow me on Twitter. No, it's no. At producer Matt. Matt. <laughs> but yeah. also, Matt, it's called Two Girls, One Podcast. Like, you don't need to talk right Matt Ever. thinks he is the podcast Ever. i have a microphone yeah, yeah he's he's the one yeah because you gave yourself the microphone there's actually no need we only yeah. need two microphones in this studio right. and he got three uh, i could save a lot of money on this yeah but yeah maybe he thinks he is the podcast where it's two girls one podcast and by podcast he doesn't realize podcast doesn't mean producer it means oh, this show itself okay. yeah I, I was confused yeah so i'm glad we clarified that i'm glad we did all matt does while we're speaking is he has a wad of the sponsor money that he pulls out of his pocket and he just flips through it Speaking of, well, you guys, not giving us you, guys, you guys talked about fur Nazis and lawyers, and my phone blew up. Oh, yeah? We got sponsors out the wazoo. Oh, really? Yeah, lots of, lots of interest now. So okay, I, well, gonna... nothing from the fur Nazis, please. Is that a joke <laughs> on the fact that people probably don't want to sponsor a podcast where Ali swears every goddamn second and we talk about Nazis? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Got it. Cool. Got it. I didn't catch your irony. Got but... it. All right. <laughs> so we do need to take a break for a sponsor message, but before we do that, it's internet trivia time, guys. Oh, yeah. Time Dang. for internet trivia. Are you ready? Yes. So goddamn ready. As of 2016, that was only last year. Well, only- depending when we released <laughs> this reminder. <laughs> there was only one country on the planet Earth that had 100% internet penetration. By that mean? I mean every Everyone single citizen accounted for in this country had access to the oh. internet. Which, uh, there was only one, which okay. seems odd. Is it Iceland or Greenland that has an extremely low population and they have to be care- careful that people don't date their own relatives? Whoa. I'm going to guess that country. You know what's confusing is what, it's like Greenland it has a lot of ice and Iceland has a lot of green. <laughs> that fucking shit. So I can't shit. I want to say it's Greenland though, but right. the, the country that I'm talking about, I need to go figure out which one it is. <laughs> I, apparently there is a dating app that is just for that country to make sure you're not related to the person. Wow. Hmm. I'm so, so your thesis is a, a country with so low population that it's easy for them to all have internet because it's yeah, only like also, seven of them. Yeah, but also they're pretty 
advanced as a country as well. Yeah. Otherwise, I would guess any of the so Scandinavian countries. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly where my exactly. mind went to because they're so cool. They have their fucking shit. They together. have all their shit together. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Norway. Norway. Okay. You gotta you gotta lock in a guess. Greenland or Iceland? Can I do a quick Google? Hold on. Nope. Wait. Like where's that. Bjork from? Iceland. I think maybe it's Iceland where they're dating <laughs> all right, you're each saying other. I, you're I'm gonna Iceland. Google during the break. Okay. But yeah. You got Iceland. Norway. Norway. We'll find out the true answer after the break. And now a real internet question entitled, How can I test if my son is gay? Posted by a concerned parent on the number one source for all scientific knowledge, Yahoo Answers. I am worried that my son might be gay. I want to get him checked. Isn't it possible to get a hormone check? A, a vocal cord check? Can a doctor indicate if he is gay or not? My son has almost no muscles and narrow shoulders. He also has blue eyes. He talks in a very high voice and while he sings, he sounds like a castrato. He tells me his voice is called Etenna. Tana, how can I test if my son is gay? There's a really simple test you can do at home. Get some vinegar, get some baking soda, then make a big clay volcano. Then, while this is erupting, if your son is too busy sucking a dick, he's gay! was sage advice. Yeah, I think I so think too. that's a great way to find out if your son is gay. Um, but also, that is the it doesn't matter, test. guys. I mean, it doesn't matter. He can be anything he wants, but if you want to know if he's gay... If he sucks dicks, he's gay. Do a science experiment at home, and if he's too busy sucking a dick, he's gay. <laughs> well, I want to let you guys know that on the break... I googled because oh I was like, God. fuck, is it Iceland or Greenland with that app and the dating and blah, blah, blah. I said, fact check. Ali, I fact checked myself. She did. For you you were not cheating at trivia. You were looking up something yes, else. Yes, I was not cheating at trivia. I just want to make sure. Yes. Okay. My theory yeah. was the country where there's so few people that they're fucking their cousins. That is also the may country. Also, everyone it's has so it. small. Might be that everyone has it. It. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to share with everyone only somewhat related to anything at all. In Iceland, a country with a population of 320,000 where most everyone is distantly related, inadvertently kissing cousins is a real risk. A new smartphone app is on hand to help Icelanders avoid accidental incest. The app lets users bump phones and emits a warning alarm if they are closely related. Oh man, that's gotta suck because you already know if you want to kiss them. Yeah, that's weird because that's like (laughs) something you use when you're already on the date. How does the app know... Yeah, that's that true. you're related. Do you input genetic information? Do you? They're all on ancestry.com. Yeah, I mean that's. I, like, yeah. I, don't I mean, uh, I could do a little data. more research. I wonder if, if you everybody want. swabs there. That's just a thing uh, right? you have to do because yeah. nobody wants to fuck their cousin. Yeah, uh, but you know, shit happens. <laughs> Oh my god. What happens in Iceland stays in Iceland, cousins. Yeah. Just kidding. (laughs) Iceland seems awesome. It says bump the app before you bump in bed, says the catchy slogan. (gasps) But in the meantime, you need the answer to today's trivia question. Yes. Okay, so which country has full internet? Which country has every single citizen? having access to the internet that's a rare thing if we didn't need the answer to the trivia we wouldn't need matt that's true (laughs) 
What Jen if we're just, just cracked herself up. I was like, what if you're just, just like, nope. <laughs> hey guys, what are you, you, you ready? Know what? You guys ready? Jen and I are good. We'll Google it later. We're good. Uh, oh. We know you found it from the internet, what specifically Reddit Today I Learned. <laughs> okay, Matt, no, we hey, do want to know. I what, is it? what is it? What is it? What is it? You're going to want to know. I do want to know. You're going to want to know. Yeah. Oh, uh, I know. So your, ge- uh, your guess was Norway. Norway. Like you were doing yeah. Scandinavia. Yeah. And Allie couldn't decide between Greenland and Iceland, but you decided Iceland. on Iceland because yep. of the population. Yeah, that's what I was initially going for. I just got confused between my countries because my brain is addled. Yep. <laughs> the correct answer is Iceland. <gasps> yes! Oh my god! Yay, me! Allie Yay! gets paid this week. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> Guys, I never get paid. I'm excited no, for I, you. Do you want to make a speech? I really do. <laughs> Thank you all for this moment. If you've tuned in with us over the weeks, you know that I fucking suck at trivia. I always fail. Most weeks, I don't even have a goddamn answer. But this week was different. This week, I won. Thank I'm, you so much, Academy. I'm really proud of you because you Thank used you so much. logic yes. to get your answer. It wasn't just like a lucky guess. And Usually, I, feel, I just impulse that shit. You I know? impulse them all the time. Yeah, yeah that's you how I make logic, all my decisions. Hmm. But I was like, what country is so small but also pretty advanced that mm-hmm. everyone will have it? Right. I got a little confused for a little bit. I was like, which country has no population? Mm-hmm. What's Greenland's population? Anyone know? I don't know. Guys, if you knew the answer to that, let us know. <laughs> and we'll let you make a speech on the show, too. <laughs> we won't. Oh, we Matt's landline just rang. Landline, he's like living in the fucking landline eighties. <laughs> it's Pizza Hut. They're calling us. <laughs> no. um, we have a really cool guest today. We should get to it. His name is Keith Lee. He runs a platform called Lawyer Slack. It's a Slack channel for lawyers. In case Only. you weren't sure, yeah, <laughs> we're not allowed on it. Um, in fact, to be on it, you need to prove that you have a JD. So these are legit lawyers talking about issues. Welcome, Keith. Good to be here. Let's kick this off. Can you tell us in your own words, what is lawyer slack? One time someone once described it to me as uh, cheers uh, set at the most icely cantina as scripted by John Grisham, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which seems pretty accurate. It's a private community site that is exclusively for lawyers where they get together and hang Plot out. world and domination. No. Okay. Talk sorry. world domination. Uh-huh. No, really. What and, do they do? <laughs> uh, you know, people, uh, people talk shop. They uh, bitch about their clients. They talk about, you know, stuff that's going on in the legal industry, anything tangentially related to law and the news. Um, people mentor each other and ask for advice. Like, hey, have, has anybody filed this type of motion before? People refer cases to each other. It's like lawyers have always had bar associations, you know, wherever they live, you know, there's the New York City Bar Association or whatever. It's like a bar association, but just for lawyers who hang out on the Internet. And why Slack? You know, it's kind of the big thing. A lot of Fortune 500 companies are using it at this point, and it's it's really hot and sexy. I tri- I, I Because messaging a- platforms, sex. Sex. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that- yes. Go on. Look, as sexy as a corporate messaging As lawyer slack could be. be lawyer slack i'm just wet over here is that it is that it i can't keep anything she's not gonna take it back either not taking it back okay sorry so continue it's actually pretty funny because dozens and dozens of people have tried to create like private lawyer communities online and like big companies have thrown like hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars at it and they've never worked and i just did this on a lark and it worked and it's great why do you think (laughs) it didn't work for the other attempts they all made it to be like you know serious internet business like this is a place where lawyers are going to do lawyer stuff you can't 
see Keith right now, but he's but doing the robot. He became a robot because <laughs> if you do lawyer things, you are a robot. But you know, they, they try to make it be this super serious place where everyone's got to be a professional, and that's like not what lawyers like. Lawyers get together and just talk bullshit when they get you together. You know what I'm gonna say here? What lawyers? They're, they're just, just like, like us. <laughs> Okay. I mean, pretty much, you know, they're they just a, lawyers are just a very particular breed of asshole. So they curse you know, just, just like, like me. Oh, yeah. Just like Ali. Okay. That's the thing. Everyone was trying to make it be this like real intense, serious place. And really what people are looking for is just, you know, camaraderie. They want to hang out. They want to they want to they want to have a place for water cooler chat. You know, they, they don't want it to feel like it needs to play like I'm going to go to this online chat room i better put on a suit i mean that sucks <laughs> oh man well then we're talking webcam it's getting serious yeah uh so but what are there aren't there confidentiality issues with this and i mean things could be screenshotted both my parents are lawyers so i've been trained from birth that when people start using lawyer speak i just black out no that's fine most people do okay a lot of lawyers black out once they hit that i mean that's not good i don't want them as my lawyer <laughs> no Bad lawyers do That's that. That's right. Okay. Um, there are all types of, you know, attorney client privilege issues. And that's, you know, communicated to everybody up front when they join. It's like, look, this is not a private place. This You don't need to be sharing anything that's privileged or confidential. And every lawyers are aware of that. Everyone's very good about it. You know, if, if someone doesn't want to talk about something, it's done in very general terms. Or if, uh, you know, a lawyer talks about something that went on in court that day, well, court proceedings are 98% of the time public proceedings and like, like you go get a trial transcript and anybody could read it. So it's not that big of a deal. And some of the impetus, correct me if I'm wrong, is that some lawyers like perhaps yourself are in areas of the country or world. I don't know if this is an international community where they don't have as many colleagues to talk to. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, Birmingham is a decent sized town. The, the local bar here has around 5,000 lawyers. So it's, it's a lot of people. I don't have, I don't yeah. have 5,000 friends. So. Only on Facebook. Only yeah. on Facebook. Okay. Yes. It's a decent size. And um, there, we do have a global contingent. And then particularly uh, across the United States, there are a lot of lawyers who are in uh, just more rural communities and, and they don't have a community. I know one lawyer lives in a small town and it's like, there, I think there are like six or seven lawyers in the entire town. People want community. I mean, that's mm -hmm. lawyers are different than anybody else. They want to be a part of a group and have people to talk with. Lawyers, they're, they're just like, like us. <laughs> no, but that's really amazing because what we're looking at in this podcast is how the internet has allowed different communities to form or flourish. And we love that, you know, we look at a lot of fucking fetishes on this podcast, but we love that this is also applicable. Oh, your eyes bugged out. Like, that's so surprising. Uh, but so, But we love that. In this case, this is also really applicable to the law. That's right. So on Slack, there are channels that people can uh, put a topic on and, and you can speak within that channel with other people interested in that thing. So you can you tell us some of the channels in Lawyer Slack. Oh, man. Here, I'll... Are you pulling it up? up? And don't bore yeah, us. Tell us the crazy ones. Yeah, Come on, let's ones. be serious. There's tort reform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt. And I uh, there's fell asleep. Federal Rules of Civil Procedure Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> First Amendment. Okay. Game of Thrones. Right, definitely. A lot of legal issues there. Because there's incest and that's illegal. <laughs> that's right. So there you go. Boom. Nailed it. Pun intended. I like dogs. Um, <laughs> I also like dogs. <laughs> Me too. Everybody's uh, in that channel. Lawyers. They're, They're just, just like us. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, law school tryhards. 
Oh. That's where uh, people uh, who are active on Twitter, they find some law student tweeting under like the hashtag law school or hashtag uh, law student. And they're they're a try hard. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, look at me, how hard I'm studying. And everyone just makes fun of them. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I'm, I'm oh into my God. that. You're yeah. making fun of him. I'm, yeah, I love don't that. Don't tweet about law school. Just don't. Yeah. That's so ridiculous. Nobody cares. Well, yeah. speaking of that, there's the rabbit hole channel, right? And you had told yep. us in a little earlier about that one case. Tiffany Dehane, is it? Yeah, Tiffany Dehane. Dehane. I'm not sure. D-E-H-E-N. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tiffany was a law student who uh, went to San Diego and... Um, had just recently graduated and I, I don't want to label anyone, but, but go ahead. You know, she looks like she's a Fox news anchor. You know, she's young, <laughs> blonde. Okay. MAGA hat. Trump, tr- Conservative. Yeah. MAGA hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. All that stuff. Yeah. She, she's not anybody. She's some random law student in San Diego, just graduated law school. I mean, her, tw- you know, she had like 50 people following her on Twitter or whatever. I mean that it is what it is. Well, someone makes a parody account of her on Twitter and like throws out a few tweets and that's that. Well, Tiffany became upset with that and she didn't hire a lawyer. She filed pro se, meaning she filed for herself and she sued Twitter, the University of San Diego, the anonymous user and uh, a bunch of other just sort of random people uh, for defamation of her character for this parody account. And uh, claim damages to the tune of a hundred million dollars. <laughs> Way to shut that shit down by bringing so much attention to yourself, I know. and also right. proving the entire right. point of the parody, the parody account. account. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, like, some lawyer in lawyer slack caught wind of this and was like, "Oh yeah, here we go," you know, <laughs> and um, it became an obsession for a while, and you know, people are all pulling all the case documents off of the the court system everyone's reading at them because i mean i would describe the court documents that she filed i'll be generous and say they were amateur how about that oh okay. i was gonna go with illiterate that was my guess yeah. <laughs> uh okay great and so how did that case end up twitter responded san diego responded and and said you know, bye <laughs> yeah they were legalese. like using legalese and high-priced attorneys they were like this is redonkulous. <laughs> That's actually, that is that the legalese, like, yeah. is mm-hmm. redonkulous. I thought so. Yeah, my parents have been using that for a long time. Mm-hmm. The judge has recently uh, ruled a week or so ago and was just like, yeah, this is, you know, he, he didn't even give an order. I don't think there's an order yet, but he just he said, put a no stamp hearing. on it that just said, go away. Redonkulous. Recoculus. <laughs> it's that's recoculus. I'm very sorry. Wait, sorry. What? I love this so much. I love suing an anonymous Twitter user. And they're like, I'll see you in court. <laughs> <laughs> also, over like, don't you have to prove that the damages are equal to a hundred million dollars in some way? Like, I don't. Oh, like, is there some relation in that number and what happened to her? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, she has no. to prove. But to, but the, no, no, no. But I'm saying theoretically, she has to prove that, right? She has to yeah, prove she, exactly, she, yes. right? So that's why yeah, it's. Recoculus. She has caused herself more damage to her reputation <laughs> exactly. with her behavior in reaction to the anonymous account parody account than was ever caused by the parody account right. existing on its own that maybe a dozen people in the entire world knew about. Yeah, Keith, did the person on that parody account need to be identified? Were they brought into proceedings? No, I don't 
I don't think they ever um, made an appearance or made a motion against it. I think they were just letting Twitter fight it on their behalf. Twitter's pretty good about fighting that. Only in, There's only a few rare occasions where they won't go to bat for users. Mm -hmm. My account was just subpoenaed by the Department of Justice. Whoa. Oh, yeah, you wrote us this. It was like there was some emoji situation. Very serious. What happened? Me and another lawyer were talking about a case on Twitter like earlier this year. And somewhere in the mix of all of us, of he and I talking about the case, a couple other people kind of chimed in. And then at the bottom of the conversation, I have no recollection of this at all whatsoever. Someone sent us a, you know, in a tweet and then entirety of the tweet was a smiley emoji. Like at the bottom of conversation, there was a smile emoji. Suspect. Okay, which kind of smile, right? Because there's like the grinning emoji. There's the emoji that's smiling, but also has tears because it's laugh crying. The two there's little the, hands and the smiley yeah, there's, face. Yeah, the two hands, it's blushing. So which smiley emoji was it? Let's be serious. It wasn't even a sassy. It was just the plain vanilla. Just your just basic, like your basic bitch of emojis. Cracking a smile. Yeah, it was the most basic bitch emoji you could possibly use. Great. So, I mean, I probably didn't even see it. I mean... I, you know, I get tweeted at a lot. And so, I mean, I don't pay attention to a lot of it. Well, uh, literally 48 hours ago, someone sends me a message and it was like, hey, have you gotten notice from Twitter that the Department of Justice is seeking a grand jury subpoena for the information related to your account? And I was like, no. <laughs> You sent this Should emoji with the hands up. Yeah, I, I did. I did the shrug emoji. Like, what are you talking about? And um, then I it gets sent to me, and um, sure enough, in a in a a case unrelated, the user who had sent that smiley emoji six months ago or whatever is apparently in a lawsuit against the FBI. He he had done some sort of weird harassment online of some FBI agents. Which, regardless That's a great of great idea, great idea. Yeah, right. Yeah, we can talk about the First Amendment all you want, but harassing FBI agents and their families is just putting a bullseye on your back. Like, don't don't do that. He's in a lawsuit, and I guess in relation to that lawsuit at the grand jury level, which is actually it's a particular special type of jury where they hear evidence and decide whether or not a prosecutor can even take the case to be heard. The Department of Justice signs off on a subpoena to Twitter for essentially all the information related to my account since it was created, all because this guy sent a smiley to me. That's it. That's my only relation to the case. Well, I'm glad he didn't send a different emoji, like the poop emoji, the devil the emoji, knife the emoji. skull emoji, <laughs> the knife, the bomb. There are just ridiculous. so many that could have been way worse. So yeah. you're lucky. It was just a basic bitch emoji. Yeah. So me and the other lawyer are both like, what? Another guy, another lawyer in particular is a is a very well-renowned First Amendment lawyer. He kind of got a little excited about it. It was obvious. He was like, yeah, but no, but Twitter, Twitter said, hey, we're fighting it for you. The subpoena is really essentially trying to get the identifying information to figure out who I am. And it's like, I have a blue check on Twitter. Like, I, I am absolutely me. Like, it's not like I'm joe schmo 27 on twitter it's like it says keith lee it links to my law firm it links to my website how large is twitter's legal team do you know 
Because that sounds like it's a fucking round-the-clock affair. It is. It's about the size of a medium-sized law firm. They've probably got a couple hundred lawyers. Well, interesting. Huh. I mean, that makes yeah, a lot I of sense. But really things, that. things that Allie Goldberg had never thought about, yep. that's one of them. <laughs> so what other things have you seen on the rabbit hole Slack channel? Well, I mean, we know we, I know we talked about the furries. We, the let's past. go there. Well, let's go there. We want to hear about let's it. Let's hear about it. Fur Nazis. Um, so obviously, y'all have done some podcasts. People are fam- Everyone's familiar with what furries are at this point. Episode correct? one of our podcast. And right before we called you, we, we reminded <laughs> our listeners about the furries and the fur Nazis. At some point in time, again, earlier this year, there was some situation involving a furry convention out west that was being infiltrated by like a subset of furry Nazis. I just, I can't, I just can't. I don't, it's just the world. Okay, continue. So there's this weird situation going on. There's legal issues at play, and a lawyer and lawyer slack catches wind of it. Who who has a website and a blog and is a furry is not a furry is just a random observer and this is his first exposure to furries and he's like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah. you know but he looks at it decides it's an interesting issue and it ends up writing like you know a 2000 word blog post analyzing the legal issues at play discussing it saying well xyz this is what happens here's what probably we should be, be done can you summarize some of those issues for us off the top of my head i can't remember i think it had to do with whether they had the rights to i think the furry convention wanted to keep out the nazi furries do they have the rights to accept and reject certain people it's not like a free for all anybody can come in i think the convention had its own like llc and corporation that like ran the thing and i think there was some Maybe one of the controlling partners were a Nazi and a furry. You know, yeah. it, it it was it was a weird thing. Anyway, but he writes this. He doesn't make fun of the furries. He writes a very respectful thing analyzing the situation, which caused the furry community to lose their goddamn minds. Their goddamn mascot heads just popped off. <laughs> they loved it. I mean, it kind of makes sense. People who are voracious fans of one obscure sort of quirky thing. Once someone treats that with respect. Yeah, they're used to being ridiculed. Yeah, I mean, they last, I mean, the guy, the lawyer in question went from like a couple hundred Twitter followers to like 7,000 in a day. All furries. That's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) I've got 7,000 Twitter followers. 90% of them are furries. (laughs) Well, Keith, you said there are even some furries following you now, right? Because of lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. As that's kind of come on and, and, you know, I still interact with that lawyer on Twitter and other lawyers do. And the the furries have kind of like, you know, tangentially seen that to where now, like, I think I have a couple hundred furry followers because I don't know why. Your feed is like mostly law and a little bit of fur porn. <laughs> I guess no porn, but fur stuff Yet. does show up. I do get asked a lot, like, what's my fursona? And I'm like, I don't yes. have one. Yes. I do not have one. Yet. <laughs> you should think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did an AMA on Reddit like a month ago and a lot of furries showed up and they were like, tell us what your fursona is. They're like, if they're defending the furries, they must be furries and they're just not out yet. <laughs> right. That's I the conclusion. So can of worms. But one of the reasons we've been really interested to talk to you is that the Internet and technology were like in the Wild West right now. Nobody knows what's going on. And so we imagine there are a lot of really interesting legal issues with this kind of uncharted territory. So um, I could get more specific if you'd like with my vague question, but we'd love to know some of the most interesting topics that you guys have been looking at. You know, like I said, there is a there's a First Amendment channel and free speech issues come up all the time. One of the bigger things that makes the United States States unique amongst every other country in the world 
I mean, even other countries that we tend to think of as, you know, very progressive and free, you know, pick a European Union country or Canada, they have pretty actually oppressive speech laws. Stuff that you wouldn't bat an eye at being said in the United States will get you like a fine in a lot of countries around the world. So Nazis are a perfect issue where, let's be clear, fuck Nazis straight up. Like, let's just have that be said. Like, no one wants to be around them or like that. But I mean, you look at the ACLU, you look at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, they're all right there being like, all right, I, I guess we're going to defend the Nazis so they can say what they want to say, even though it's despicable and you don't like it. Um, that's just such a fundamental core identifying feature of what it means to to be American that people go to bat for it. Have you seen any cases or issues come up around the dark web? On Lawyer Slack? Ooh, the dark web. It comes up on occasion. Bitcoin is a very regular topic in Lawyer Slack because A, it's just, you know, interesting. It's this kind of new currency situation that's happening. And B, you're accepting payment in Bitcoin. (laughs) Yeah, sending money. I'll take it. Um, But there's a lot of legal technology that's trying to be built on the blockchain just as a distributed ledger system, not so much as currency. The dark web will come up in that situation in that, obviously, drugs... Bitcoin being used because there are legal cases that come up all the time out of the dark web, usually the FBI going after somebody and it's uh, for harvesting organs, dog organs. Wait, is that real? Does that happen? They're harvesting Pro- dog organs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I bet it's true. It's definitely true. So yeah. sad. OK, yeah. Theoretically, the, if you're using the dark web and you're using Tor and if you're using a VPN and et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, you should be anonymous. You should be private. But uh, people do get caught. They do get found. It's usually sloppy human error, but, uh, you know, it is a known fact that the FBI runs uh, honeypot tour servers. You know, people trying to keep out and trying to understand who do those belong to and, and which ones to use and which ones are bad. And so, yeah, the dark web's a fascinating place. So I have a, another question that is maybe a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So in, in Blogalogs, our live stage show, we perform Internet material on stage. Mm-hmm. And we ultimately came to the conclusion that what we do is definitely parody, fair use whatever but like what classifies as the public domain like what you know you hear stories about people sending off a tweet and then getting mad about some publication reposting it like who owns what on the goddamn internet anything you publish you copyright attaches immediately to any creative work that you create and now there's certainly license issues that come into play so like you own the copyright to your tweets say if you were like writing poetry on twitter and you're using twitter as the publication platform for your poetry you own the copyright to that but as part of you signing up to use the twitter service there was a really long thing with like thousands of words that you just totally ignored and you hit accept you clicked that checkbox yeah yep uh somewhere buried in that license agreement you grant twitter a license to transmit, display, et cetera, all the things they have to, all the legal rights necessary for Twitter to actually function. So I guess a related question is, for instance, photographers posting photos on Instagram and then a magazine republishing it without crediting them or paying them. Is that illegal? That is illegal. That the, the photographers absolutely have complete copyright to their works. Again, Instagram has a license in which to display it transmit it all those things but the copyright uh uh, to the actual photograph is retained by the photographer so yes if some magazine goes and takes that and just puts it in somewhere without contacting the photographer and and getting the rights 
the photographer has standing to file suit against the magazine. Something small that happened to us is we were working at a co-working area in Los Angeles and a reporter from Fast Company took a picture of us and included it in an article about this space that we were at and put it on Twitter and all this stuff and nobody asked us for any permission whatsoever to use it. Were you in a public place or private place? Public. It was public. So they're allowed to take Uh, any picture they want? They don't? Public, you have no expectation of privacy in public. Oh. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I actually didn't that know just that either. Blew my right. mind. <laughs> Which is why Google can go around and take pictures of all the entire world oh, for Google Maps. Yeah, that's huh. true. If you steal a photo, that sucks. And if you reprint it, that credit, that sucks. But you post a photo on Instagram and then a publisher embeds the Instagram or the tweet within the so the credit. frame of mm-hmm. the tweet or social platform that you've created it on so the credit is there but there's but there's no monetization for the creator of the content yes, which sure. means the publication makes money but the photographer yeah, yeah. doesn't but you signed up for that In trade-off when you signed the terms of service yeah you're using the instagram native embed function yes that's part of instagram and and then say you took that photo and then some new site sees the photo, uses the Instagram embed feature into their news story. They have ads on display next to the news story. They're making money via ads. Yes. But the content of the story includes that picture. In the terms of service, you agree to allow Instagram to do that. If someone is having a story and including in the story, they say, oh, and there's there was this picture taken by this person. Here's credit to them. 99% of the time, that's probably going to pass a fair use test. So then if the photographer was like, you owe me money, they'd be like, no, nope, we embedded it. They'd say, we embedded it. We credited you. It was fair use because we were reporting on a story and we just used your photo. Well, that got to the bottom of some things. And yeah, I'm not I a photographer, so. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, Keith. Well, we have to get going. And you have okay. to get going. And you have to get you going, we assume. You have a life because <laughs> lawyers. They have lives. Just like us. Uh, I don't know about that part. Thank you so much for speaking with us. This was very educational. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. I had a great time. Let's do it again sometime. Please. Okay. Bye. And now the description of a real cookbook entitled Microwave Cooking for One by Marie Smith, which you can buy from the internet's favorite five and dime, Amazon.com. Microwave Cooking for One. Fast, easy, and economical, the recipes in Microwave Cooking for One are ideal for individuals, whether they live alone or share busy modern households. From breakfast through dinner, fresh, delicious meals can be prepared to satisfy personal taste without wasted food, overheated kitchens, or messy cleanup. Here's a four-star review. I found I had to cut back on the amount of salt in any given recipe because my Tears of loneliness often overseasoned whatever dish I happen to be eating. <laughs> as sad as that sounded, I could really use that book. Yeah, I mean, I. I'm always cooking for one. I so know, me too. There is that. I try not to use my microwave generally, but it's convenient. That's true. You yeah. don't. You're no. worried about those microwaves. Micro radiation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's radiation. I don't know. Just so we're clear. Just, I don't oh, think okay. that's how it works. That's okay. okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, because if I cook... Like, you know, I've tried cooking on Sunday for like the whole week. But then by the end of the week, I'm like, I don't fucking want this same pasta anymore. Right. So when you're just one single human. Right. 
he'll just cook a lot of tiny solo meals. Tiny but solo once meals. again, that's why I've got Trader Joe's. Yes. Individual serving. We should definitely reach out to Trader Joe and I know. see if they will sponsor this because yeah. I mentioned them and perhaps Chipotle every other episode. You know yeah. what? Let's, let's do a quick Trader Joe's ad. Let's give them a freebie. Oh, Trader well, Joe's? I'll get, I'll get some music going. All right. Here we go. Okay. And uh, take it away. Trader Joe, you complete me. I enter your store, I grab a tiny cart, and fill it with all the tiny things I need for my tiny apartment. I actually <laughs> love that you have really nice nice size portions for one human. That's true, and reasonably priced. No, really. Because sometimes if you get, like, sometimes those those sad, like, fucking lean cuisine, those things look goddamn sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Trader mm-hmm. Joe's meals for one, I buy a bunch of frozen food at the beginning of the week, and I cook that shit for lunch every day, and it's fucking delicious, and I think... It's healthier than some of the other stuff. I really yeah. do love Trader Joe's. And I'm know. just professing my love for Trader Joe's. Please give us advertising or just send Ali Gold, tweet at Ali Gold, just send me a gift card. Yeah. You know, if for a thousand dollars. If you whatever, pur- I will I will use that in two weeks. If you purchase a bag at Trader Joe's, they enter you into a raffle every time you come if you remind them. But you, you have get, to purchase a bag every time? No, no, just once. And it's like just less you than You do a, it once and then every time dollar, they enter you into a raffle? A raffle to get a free bag. Oh, you've <laughs> lost me completely at the point of any of yeah. this. In conclusion, Trader Joe's, you complete me and also my kitchen. Here's what we do. Uh, listeners, if you are on Twitter, tweet at Trader Joe's. Yes. Let's make this a thing. Yes. Yeah, please campaign for Allie's mine too health. yeah mine too <laughs> and, and, and get them to send us free groceries and or do a spot for real mm-hmm. and let's get this going guys yeah let's uh, get this going 2g1p nation let's see 2g1p sponsored brought to you by trader joe's yep. yep anyway let's get back on track because we just had a bomb ass interview oh mm. my god right yeah i learned things i mean i learned things at in all of our episodes but sometimes the things we learn we might want to unlearn them and we can't. Let's but just this say I really you... learned things like oh, that. And at the end, too, about if you embed as a well, that's the tip for media companies. Yeah. For individuals, you're kind yeah. of fucked. But... Oh, well, we've been doing that for years. It's standard practice. Right. But I feel like so many places don't. They just like steal the photo. Well, that's just shitty. Look, if you're a journalist yeah, and you yeah, reputably say, hey, can journalism. we use this? Mm-hmm. And then the second step is we embed and credit yeah. and link. And the third step is uh, be, a, be an asshole and steal. Yeah. Uh, we learned about the Twitter parody case. And, mm-hmm. and also that lawyers are just like us. They like dogs. Except for my parents. <laughs> They're not like, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I did find the element interesting, too, of like lawyers do want a place where they can go and shoot the breeze as well as talk about serious legal issues. That the reason people are attracted to it is that they can't have like a gaming channel or something. Right. Like and that. bringing it back to... To the mission of this podcast mm-hmm. i love that it was another angle of how the internet is allowing communities to come together and particularly those lawyers he was talking about in tiny towns where there's like two other lawyers that they have this community to seek advice from mentorship etc i can imagine within most professions this would be a cool thing to have i was just yeah. imagining mm-hmm. a theater slack and it got really overwhelming just in my you people don't need that we communicate too much no you? yeah media we people, don't need it media people we already have it. it we it's social media and slack we're already there right but yeah you know uh mm-hmm. bug, doctor slack i doctor feel like that slack. could be really yeah useful. well i think it's interesting where it's it's a specialized field you right. know what i mean so you, you know unfortunately you can't necessarily talk 
talk to the lay people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like he probably left that interview being like, God, I had to dumb that shit down. You know what I'm <laughs> now he's going to go talk in lawyer slack about how he had to dumb it down for us lay well, people. Well, I appreciated that he talked about free speech. And of course, we have free speech here and it's not other places. But I guess I just never really thought about the way people are restricted in like Canada, for example. Yeah, that was surprising. I, yeah. I just sort of naively assumed that Canada... And other Western European countries. Actually, I knew that Western European countries, that their free speech is somewhat more restricted. Go go America, is what I'm going to say. Go America, America. yeah. I mean, we're you really know sad lately, uh, but yes, yeah. go America. <laughs> well, it just, well, it just goes to show that America was already great. And making it great again does not make any sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Uh, definitely a different topic for us listeners i hope that you will check out some other episodes every episode is wildly different really Mm -hmm. but all with this theme of looking at how the internet has changed the way we communicate with each other and the way we view our own identities all right friends we have to get going but we would love to hear from you so if you have a legal question that you feel like you can't get answered just by googling around uh we're happy to pass it on to keith and lawyer slack and see if we can get some answers for you yeah and then lawyer slack will fucking hate us because we're passing them all these questions oh, you're welcome keith <laughs> so my twitter handle if you want to send us something is at junebugger j-o-o-n-b-u-g-g-e-r i'm at ally gold a-l-l-i-g-o-l-d be sure to hashtag 2g1p so we can find you as part of a bigger conversation also you can email us if you'd like to write something a bit longer at uh, 2g1podcast at gmail.com or you can call us and leave us a voicemail, and that number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. Last but not least, please share that shit. It helps us every time. So really, truly, if you enjoyed any moment of this, please share it with your friends, families, pets, loved ones, goldfish. See ya. Bye. Is hosted by Alison Goldberg and Jennifer Camula and produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by thepodglomerate.com. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. Be sure to subscribe to Two Girls, One Podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Great news! You can listen to new episodes of Two Girls, One Podcast one week early. What is this sorcery? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up two girls one podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends (laughs) your friends are so lame for being one week behind i know right wait what's the catch there's no catch tune in lets you listen to awesome podcasts like ours one week before anywhere else absolutely free whoa dude the next episode of the show is probably already there yo this is some freaky time traveling shit i'm gonna listen to next week's show so i can find out what we're gonna say Technology is weird. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. My tears of loneliness often over-seasoned whatever dish I happened to be heating. That was great. That's great. <laughs>